Hey, good morning, church. Good to see everybody this morning. Uh, I want to thank Pastor Young, Pastor Dev, Pastor Andrew, Pastor Lip, Pastor Kev, like winning the Oscars, I didn't know, but thanking them for opening up an opportunity for the new generation to speak and for us to really share what God has put in our hearts. Uh, I'm 33 this year, and according to Singapore standard, if you are 35 and under, you are a youth still. So how many of you are still young people here? Youth are awesome, right? I know this is not the altar call, but some of you already feel ministered, right? Uh, And so if 35 and below is youth, 35 to 50 means you're a young adult. How many of you are young adults in the house? Oh, the Lord's moving, right? And then 50 and above, you're adults. How many of you are adults? Beautiful. So blessed already. But I really want to thank uh, Pastor Young and the team for the opportunity to speak. Uh, I know that God's going to move. Uh, the biggest thing I fear today is the time. time I'm, I'm so scared of the time, but I know that the Lord will use this time and will multiply this time. Uh, but in order for the Lord to use and multiply this time, we need to offer it to Him. So I want to encourage everybody to really sit at the edge of your seat and say, Lord, what is it that you're putting in our hearts today? Uh, for those tuning in online, I know some of us are great multitaskers and you're like, I got it, Isaac. I will use my phone and listen to the Word. But I just want to encourage you to offer this time to the Lord and say, Lord, what is it that you're speaking to me about today? I'm going to pray and we're going to get right into the Word, all right? Just join me in prayer. Lord, we want to thank you for this time. And God, we honour you. God, I thank you for the Word that you want to deliver today. And God, we pray, open the eyes of our hearts. We pray that we will not miss the point of why we've get it this morning, why we've tuned in this morning. And Lord, we sit at the edge of our seats and we say, God, speak because we are listening. Lord, we offer this time to you. And God, I pray in this 25 minutes, you will multiply it and it will echo and ripple into the weeks. And I know for some into the years, oh God, Lord, about repositioning and realigning to a heart that is devoted to you. We love you and we thank you and we welcome you. And God, I pray for anybody that's hurting, oh God, Lord, anybody is sitting here with unbelief in their heart. God, I pray just the fact that they turned up today or they turned their screen on, we believe that this mustard seed size of faith, O oh God, Lord, can and will move mountains. So Lord, come and have your way. We love you, we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. A quick introduction of myself and we're going to get right into it. Uh, my name is Isaac. I work in community uh, in Cornerstone, helping with Community Plus, where we take care about the online community for Cornerstone Church, as well as I run an agency where we work with non-profit organizations to help them meet their goals in third world nations, as well as run uh, some social media work for corporate clients and non-profits. Uh, I'm deeply passionate about the things of the Lord, deeply passionate about what God is doing in the city, in the church, and in the marketplace. Uh, and every year, I'll take some time to kind of sit down and pray and say, Lord, what is the message on your heart? What is it that you want to say? The Lord, if you give me the mic and you give me a platform, what is the word that you want to speak? And every year, Lord will give a specific word. And um, as the title says today, the Lord spoke to me uh, early this year, end of last year, says, Isaac, this is what I am doing and I want you to share with people to make room, to make room. I'm going to quickly read the scripture. Isaiah 54 says this, Sing, O barren woman, for you who have not born. Break forth into singing and cry aloud, you who have not labored with child. For more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married woman, says the Lord. Listen close, church. 
Enlarge the place of your tent and let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. For you shall expand to the right and to the left and your descendants will inherit the nations and make the desolate cities inhabited. And I felt the Lord says, Isaac, I want you to remind people to make room for I am doing a new thing. And the Lord is always doing new things. Every single year, the Lord does new things. Every single day, He does new things. Some of us only open our eyes in 2021 and then we say, wow, God is doing a new thing. I'm not bad, huh? But the Lord is always doing new things. And He invites us and says, come with me and experience what I'm bringing the world, the church, and us into. Make room. You know, last year and this year, we saw the pandemic affect the world. And we thought for a moment when the first time we heard the announcement, church is going to be closed, you go, wah, die, see liao. But guess what the pandemic did? It did not shut the church down, it enlarged it. All of a sudden, every church is now equipped with a camera and the ability to broadcast God's word, not just to the nation, but the nations. The pandemic did not crush the church. The pandemic lifted up and had to honour what the word of God says is that the word of God will be preached to the ends of the earth. The Lord has enlarged. I mean, we've heard about the purchase we made at Jalan Sultan. The Lord is continuing to enlarge and He's making room. But it's important for us to remember this, that the life of the church is not in the programs, plans, or productions, it's in her people. There is something powerful when the presence of God and her people collide. All that we do in this room, all the plans and the programs and the buildings are supposed to facilitate what God wants to do, but it is not the end result. Every time we come for service, every time we turn on to go online, it is not a place to just, oh, I participated. It is an opportunity for us to make history with the Lord in our own lives. I grew up in church all along and I've had Christian come to me before and said, Isaac, this passion that you've got is just a young people thing. At some point, it's going to wane off. At some point, the reality of the world will hit you and you will tone down. And I was like, okay. But that's not the case because the reality of the Lord really captures and captivates you. I'm 33 and you go, Isaac, you're still a youth. Yes, I am. But we've gone through enough things and I go, wow, Lord, my relationship with you only keeps getting sweeter and sweeter and sweeter. And the Lord is saying to us, right, as He makes room in society, in the online space, in giving us church buildings, the heart and the life of the church is in people colliding with His presence. And the word make room is not just about physical things, but making room in our hearts for the Lord. We see this right in the beginning. This is the design and the desire of God's heart. Right in the beginning, Adam and Eve walked with Lord. He desired to dwell among his people. And then when we sin, when Adam sinned, the Lord immediately says and makes a promises, a greater one is to come that will crush the enemy. And my friends, we look at the Bible from the beginning to the end, we see nonstop. This is the Lord's prayer and the Lord's desire and the Lord's heart, almost like a marriage vow. I desire that I will be your God and they will be my people. Whether it's meeting with Moses, giving him the commands, just tell the people to be set apart. Whether it's building the tabernacle and saying, I desire to dwell among my people. I want to walk 
among my people. I want to be with my people. But it's sending his son to die on the cross so that we can be in relationship with him. Whether it's releasing the Holy Spirit so that we will be in fellowship and know the truth. And right at the end in Revelations, he says, I will be their God and they will be my people. This is my desire. The Spirit and the bride say, come. Why this is important is I really believe the Lord is challenging all of us to make room in our hearts because something new again is happening. And I know for some of us that we've been in the church for a long time and we hear these statements, Ah, Isaac, you're going to say the revival, right? Ah, Isaac, you're going to say God's doing a new thing. I already know. Then at some point, the pianist is going to come up and be like, hmm, and then you're going to make an altar call and then you're like, ah, yes, Lord. And we think it's a program. We think it's a routine. It is not. Do you know that while we may walk in and out with maybe sometimes passiveness or indifference, our Lord is never like that. He comes to every point and says, these are my people. I desire to meet with my people. This week as I was praying, um, I felt a little bit of a disconnect with God. And I said, Lord, I feel like we're not connecting like I'm used to. And I just prayed and I cried and I spoke to the Lord. And then the Lord just birthed a little song in my heart. I can't sing because I didn't go for the ART testing. But the line says, you and I, we've got history. We go way, way back. And the Lord said, Isaac, I've got history with you. Don't you forget I've got history with you. I've remembered the prayer. Don't you forget, remember the times that we've spoken. Remember the times that I've shared with you. Remember the prayers that I've answered. And I felt the Lord said this morning as well, remind my people, and I'm speaking to individuals here as much as I'm speaking to corporate collective people. The Lord says to you, right, I have history with you. I have history with you, Clovis. I have history with you, Keith. I have history with you, Rani. I have history with you, Alex. I have history with each and every one of you. And while the history goes all the way back to Jesus paying the price on the cross, the Lord also has history with each of us that all of us will know. And you will know this by, if we sang the heart of worship, some of you will tear a little bit more because it was significant at some point in my life. If we sang, you know, I'm no longer a slave to fear. Some of you would hear a little bit more because you've got history of the Lord. And the Lord is knocking on the doors of our hearts and says, don't forget the most beautiful unison. Don't forget what I truly desire and I desire for my people to make room. I believe that as we spend time in the Lord, the Lord is going to remind us of some of the things that He desires to do. Some of us, God is challenging us. And some of you, the Lord has been speaking to you about fostering. Some of you, the Lord has been speaking to you about leaving the marketplace and going into full time. Some of you, the Lord has been speaking to you to go into the marketplace. Some of you, the Lord has been speaking to you about doing some things, but you have not pursued it for a myriad of reasons. And one might be just simply growing up. And while we may get used to systems and programs, The Lord, ever since day one, His desire and His passion is the same. I will be their God and they will be my people. And He's saying, will you make room in your hearts? Will you make room in your hearts? And how we're going to do that is three simple invitations. And I feel like the Lord wants to make three invitations to three groups of people. Uh, And whether you hit all three, that's great. If you hit all two, if you hit one, or if you know somebody, not me, it's just my friend, sure, that'd be great too. But the Lord wants to make three invitations to us this morning, and I 
pray that you would just open up your heart and say, Lord, what are you speaking to me about? Um, I want to read from Matthew chapter 7, verse 7. It says, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. I believe the Lord is asking of three things from us today. The first is to ask. The second is to seek. And the third is to knock. The first group of people, which is to ask. There's some of us that we used to have really vibrant conversations with the Lord. We ask Him with so much. Lord, what are you doing? Lord, what do you want me to do? Lord, where are you at? And then with time, we begin to grow faint and we no longer ask because sometimes it seems like God doesn't respond. You know, when Jesus went away to pray, it says the disciples fell asleep. And some people think the disciples fell asleep because they were tired, because it must be like us, right? But it's not. If you read the Bible and the Scripture, it says, right, they fell asleep from their sorrow. And they fell asleep from their sorrow because just before this, they were hearing the Lord telling them that He's going to go away. And they were discouraged because they thought, you are here to stay. Why are you going away? And if you read John 14, John 15, and John 16, you see how in the beginning at John 14, they used to ask so many questions. And then as it goes to John 16, they quieten down. And the Lord says, why have you not asked? Why do you speak among of yourselves? And for some of us that walk in the faith, we used to be so passionate. And you might look at a young person today and go, ha ha ha, I remember those days huh, where life was sweet and you take your pocket money from your mother. And the Lord says, it was never about the mother giving the pocket money, that's why he has joy. It is the Spirit of the Lord. And the Lord is asking you again today, would you ask and would you speak? When I grew up in church at 17, 18 years old, I left the faith because, not faith, I left the church because I, I knew so much about God, but I didn't know Him personally. And at some point, I came to believe, you know, this whole church thing is, is, is not real. And I decided to walk away. And then a friend of mine called me and says, Isaac, would you just uh, come for, with us to a, a mission trip? to the borders of Burma and Thailand and take care of some refugees. And I remember I said, I will do it, but this thing I'm sure, I don't want to pray. And my friend was so confident in the Lord, not confident in the humanitarian program. He said, yeah, sure, just come. So I went for the trip. And I remember when I went there, these were refugees that were oppressed by the military junta. And I saw them worshipping and crying out to God. And I go, whoa, two things. Either God is real or they are delusional. And with these two options, if they are delusional, it has no impact on my life whatsoever. But if God is real, it has an impact if I don't believe. And I remember the last night before we, we left the, the refugee camp, I said this to the Lord, Lord I'm going to ask you something. Are you truly who you say you are? And if you are, I need you to speak to me. I remember that I flipped open the Bible, right? I'm sure all of us have at some point, you just go, speak, Lord, right? And so I opened and it was Luke chapter 15 and I looked, it was the prodigal son. I was like, oh Lord, you're speaking now. And then as I read on, I just remembered the story about how when the, when the son ran back to the father, the father gave a rope, a ring and sandals. And so I said, okay, Lord, maybe you're asking me to come back, but God, I really need a sign from you. I kid you not, the next day as we were about to live, a little boy who they have nothing, they don't even have electricity, they don't even have like proper food and water, we're there to give to them. This little boy, he's about five, six years old, he comes up to me, he takes out a ring from his finger and it was like a brass ring that is like everything to them and he just gives it to me and he says, God loves you. And I went, I went, nobody knows, nobody knows. And the Lord says, 
I have history with you. I know you. Don't you ever forget. I came back to Singapore and I said, Lord, I really need to seek you. And my second point I want to make is the Lord is asking for some of us to seek him. And the word seek here is with the intention to find. With the intention to find. A lot of us, sometimes, we just look out for God. We come to this service, finger crossed. Maybe God's going to move. Maybe Pastor is going to preach a good word. Maybe Elizabeth and Nicole is going to sing graves into gardens. That's not singing, okay? Um, and it's going to be a powerful time. And some of us have come to this place in our faith, right, that we no longer expect from the Lord. And we say, well, I'm trying to manage and protect my faith. Because Isaac, I've asked before and the Lord didn't respond and reply. And you know what? In order for me to keep turning up at service, in order for me to keep believing, I better not ask with expectation, then I'll protect my faith. Can I tell you, that's not faith at all. You are protecting not your faith, you're protecting nothing. The faith is just the confidence, assurance that what I have not yet seen, there is substance, there's evidence, is saying, I seek with expectation. I seek with the intention to find. And for a lot of us, we have seek before like that and it doesn't always wake up in the morning, shout, Hallelujah, I seek you, Lord. A lot of times it's like on our knees and we say, it's like, Lord, I really can't do this. God, if you don't show up, I don't know what to do. And that's kind of a lot of times what seeking is like. It's giving God the tears and says, but I sit here and I knew and I seek you with the intention to find. When I came back to Singapore, one of the things I did, I said, Lord, I really need to seek you because you have given me that sign and the sign is good. The sign points me towards you. I don't come around at the sign. We might sometimes like to come around at the sign. For example, if a sign says 500 meters to McDonald's, and then we go, wow, a sign, a sign, a sign, right? And then we sit at the sign and not move forward. And then in the end, you become hungry. And then you go, it was just a sign, but how do you know if God's not real? Because you never pursued. So as the signs appear, we keep pursuing the Lord. And so I said, Lord, okay, I will keep pursuing you. And so for one whole year, every day, I would go into my room, I would lock my door, I will take out my guitar, and I will worship every day. And I said, worship every day. I didn't feel anything. There was no violent shaking of the window grills. No angel appeared and says, I am here. It was just complete silence. And for one whole year, I did that. And finally, I went to a church camp. And I went to church camp. I said, Lord, I really need you to show up because if you don't show up, I don't know what to do, but I know that you're here. And I remember on the final morning, nobody prayed for me. The whole camp, nobody prayed for me. I was like, did I do something wrong? And some of us have experienced that before. It's like everybody get prayed for and you don't get prayed for. And you're like, huh? why do they hate me? And the last morning I remembered as we were about to live and the pastor was praying the benediction prayer. He said this, you know, can I just get pastors and missionaries to go around to pray for people? And this missionary came up to me. I didn't know who he was. He didn't know who I was. And then it says, hey, the Lord wants me to tell you something. He says he loves it how every single day you would close the door, you would take out your guitar and you will worship him. And I says, who knows? Who knows that? I came back to Singapore. I says, Lord, I need to meet with you. And then I got busy with work. So every day, day starts at 8, it ends late at night when you're doing youth ministry. And then people who game nonstop only sleep at 3 a.m. And then the working youths wake up at 6 a.m. So the pocket of time that there's nobody and no activity on your phone is 4 to 6 a.m. And so every morning, I'll wake up at 4 a.m., I'll go to Burdock Reservoir, I'll sit under a pull-up bar and I'll pray. And I says, God, I really want to know you. I know that you are here. I've experienced one whole year not feeling you, but yet you are there. 
And so I sat under the pull-up bar and I prayed. And why under the pull-up bar? It's not part of the tabernacle, but I sat under the pull-up bar because I would get distracted with prayer. I would get distracted every one minute. I'll pray about, eh, got N, eh, eh, got eagle, eh, got mosquito. And so what I'll do is I'll do pull-ups and then I'll pray. I'll do pull-ups and then I'll pray. I did this about six months to a year. Later on, we went to the U.S. with Pastor Andrew to do some ministry. And this lady, this uh, lady's, uh, uh, this pastor's wife came up to me and says, I know this is strange. And by now in the church community, we love it when someone comes up and says, hey, I know this is strange. You're like, oh, give it to me. What is the Lord going to say? And she says, I know this is strange, but the Lord wants me to tell you something. The Lord says he sees you sitting under a pull-up bar. How? At that time, there was no Insta story, so you cannot gram it. Nobody knew. And then, the, and then she said, the Lord says, one more pull-up, and the Lord's going to send you into your destiny. And I was like, am I going to do a muscle-up? No, right? It was the Lord saying, and, and a few months later, true enough, that's another story for another time, the Lord sent me into The Voice and into China. And I said, Lord, you truly know what you are doing. Uh, could I get the worship team to come up? Seek with the intention to find. You know that the Lord loves us. The Lord has history with us. And the Lord is asking us this morning. This morning's message is not a teaching as much as it is really a word that I feel in my heart that the Lord is asking us, make room. Because He's preparing the building. He's preparing the products. He's preparing the programs. He's pre preparing the productions. He's preparing everything for people to encounter Him. But the life and the blood of the church and the life and the blood of what's going to be happening is the people and when the people encounter with God and when the people collide with presence, something powerful happens. And the last word is to not. For the first group, it's people that you've stopped having a conversation with the Lord and the Lord says, ask again. For the second group of people, it's people that you seek, but you kind of look out for the Lord, fingers crossed. And the Lord is saying, I want you to come in expectation. And the third group of people are people that you ask and seek, but the Lord is saying, I want you to knock on my heart. And this is the group of people, right, that the Lord is saying, I don't want you to pray for just the needs of your own self. I want you to ask what's on my heart for the nations. I want you to ask what's on my heart for other people, that it has nothing to do with you, but you go, Lord, I want to know the dreams of your heart. So often we come before the Lord and we present our dreams to Him, but how many times do we come to, to Him and says, Lord, I want to know the dreams of your heart. We know how to come at the crossroad of our lives and cry, God, which job should I take? But in that same passion, do we dare to come to the Lord and says, Lord, what is the dream of your heart? What are you really doing? About two years ago, we were at FOPX, FOPX, a youth conference, and I was on stage worship leading. And as I was worship leading, I said, Lord, what is on your heart? And the Lord showed me a number, 6753211. There was this number, 6735121111. And I went, okay, that seems to be on your heart, I think. Maybe I'm supposed to call somebody. So I went to Google, and I went to type this number. I was like, who am I going to tell that the Lord loves them? I Googled it and it was not an organization or someone's phone number. It was a location in Japan. And I went, Nani? Am I supposed to go to Japan? And I have no heart for Japan. The best I love is sashimi, that's it. I have no real heart, like a burden for Japan. So I said, okay, Lord, if this is what you're asking me to do, then you need to provide the finances. The next day, a friend came up to me and I checked the flight tickets there and back. It's like 400 bucks to Osaka. Everyone's like, ah, right? And I was like, okay, the Lord, actually, the next day, two people came up to me. One person in Singapore said, hey, I don't know why, but the Lord told me to transfer you about three, $250. I said, okay, great. 
And then the person said, I know this is strange, but my wife is in Japan right now and she's attending a church. And while she's attending the church, this prophet would call out people to stand up and give words. And the one name that this prophet kept calling out was Isaac, but nobody responded. And I thought it was really funny. Maybe God is calling you to Japan. And I went like, but I didn't tell him anything. I kept quiet. Now I'm $150 short. I kid you not, the next five hours, a friend from Sweden messaged me and says, Isaac, I don't know why, but the Lord told me to transfer you some money. So this is 150 bucks. I got $400. I bought a ticket. Two months later, I fly to Osaka with no idea what's going on. Some of my friends says, Isaac, you're a bit iffy already. You, this Christian person, I think you need to pull back a bit. So I went to Osaka. I says, Lord, what is it that you want me to do? I went to this location. It was about a half an hour train ride. I had to walk for another few minutes. I planted myself there. I says, Lord, what is it that you want to do? And I remember as I prayed, the Lord says, I've brought you here to pray for the land of Japan. And you know what my response was? It was not hallelujah. It was like, huh? Pray? God, like you are all present, right? Like we could have done this at home. What am I doing here in Japan? And it was cold. It was like under 10 degrees. I'm sitting at the reservoir, completely cold, just sitting down with my guitar. And then the Lord corrected me and says, Isaac, if you were invited by a church, if you were invited for work or for business, if your family said, we want to go on a vacation, it would be an easy yes, but when I ask you to come and pray, it needs to be further justified. I was like, okay. I sat there for three days and I just worshipped. I just worshipped. I said, Lord, you bless the land of Japan. You do all that you want to do. God, you move whatever you want to do. At the end of three days, the Lord gave me a sign and says, it's time to go. I'm like, Awesome. I left, did a bit of shopping, and then I came back to Singapore. And I remember as I told people, they're like, oh, so what did the Lord do? Did you walk on water? Did you build a church? Did you deliver? And I was like, no, I went there to pray. And almost everybody said, huh, just pray. Just ask, just seek, just knock. And I said, yeah. I posted it on Instagram, and two days later, somebody came to me, and a few people came to me and said, Isaac, do you know that the Lord has been speaking to us about Japan? And then after that, a week later, someone showed me and says, hey, do you know that uh, Love Singapore is now focusing on Love Japan? And do you know that there's a burden among many people that they believe a new revival is coming upon Japan? I remember I said then, I go, wow, and I have no burden for Japan. But if you were there to knock on the door of God's heart, He will show you and speak. And isn't that beautiful history and relationship with the Lord? Finally, I just say this, why we can ask, seek and knock is this. The verse carries on to talk about a father. Why asking and seeking and knocking is not a scary or tiring process is because we're not asking Santa Claus, we're not asking a human person, we're asking our father. And this is what he says, if you as mere humans, right, you as own people who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, what more about me? I know how to give good gifts. And it says, for which of you, if your son or your children ask for bread, you will give them stone. If they ask for fish, you would give them a serpent. And I know as I share this, some of you are sitting down and saying, Isaac, I've asked and seek and knocked before, but I don't see God come true. This verse must not be true. Can I tell you this, that sometimes and a lot of times when we're in a lot of deep pain or deep hunger, even stone can appear as bread. 
And some of us are coming to the Lord and says, Lord, I just need this opportunity. God, I just need this miracle. God, I just need you to come through for this. And if you come through for this, everything will be okay. And we think we're asking for bread, but we've been asking for stone and that has stolen your joy. That has brought deep disappointment that now you've stopped asking, seeking and knocking. But I want to encourage us that as you continue to ask, the Lord will meet with you. And for some of us, as you begin to ask, you will understand the heart of the Father and the Lord will reveal to you this. You have not been asking for bread. You've been asking for stone and there will be such liberation. This morning, the word that goes forth is from a father that says, I long for my children to ask for those who are far away. I long for my children to seek for those who have stopped expecting. And I long for my children to ask and knock, what is the dream of my heart? What is the dream of my heart? Will you rise with me? I'm going to pray and hand it back to Pastor Young. Lord, I pray do all that you want to do. And God, I pray that this word will burn in our hearts. And that as you ask us to make room God, I pray that we will come and we will make room by doing this. We will ask, we will seek and knock as children coming before a father, knowing that as we ask of you and ask for bread, you do not give us stone or we ask for fish, you do not give us a serpent. We thank you and we love you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. You've just listened to a production of Cornerstone Community Church. Please note that all unauthorized reproduction, distribution, or sale of the recording is prohibited. For permission to reproduce or distribute the sermon, please write into mail at cscc.org.sg. We hope that you have been blessed.